you're listening to this right now, chances are you're interested in healthy aging. And we can look at healthy aging as a spectrum, with sickness on the far left and optimal health and vitality on the far right. And I think it's fair to say that regardless of where you currently fall on this spectrum, you'd like to move further to the right, towards a life full of health and vitality. But exactly how do we do that? And what separates those of us that are successful in this journey from those that seem to struggle? So there's so much conflicting information floating around, most of it from people and companies trying to sell us something. It's no wonder that many of us struggle when it comes to long-term sustainable health and fitness. Today, we're going to cut through the hype and the clutter and focus on the essential elements of strong, vital, healthy aging. In other words, we're going to focus on how to become ageless men and women. Hello, and welcome to the Over 50 Health and Wellness Show. I'm your host, Kevin English. I'm the founder of The Silver Edge, and our mission is to help you get into the best shape of your life, no matter your age, so you can show up in the second half of your life as the healthiest, strongest, most vital version of yourself. We have a great show for you today. Nate Wilkins is here, and he's going to share with us the keys to living the ageless lifestyle. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Energy Bits. Energy Bits makes the purest chlorella and spirulina available on the market. Chlorella and spirulina are two of the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. I personally take spirulina every morning for its antioxidants, omega-3s, and the 40 vitamins and minerals to help improve my energy and focus. And I take their chlorella every evening for its super high chlorophyll and vitamins and minerals to help with my immune function, recovery, and gut health. I recommend starting out with their Vitality Bits. This is their 50-50 blend of spirulina and chlorella. If you want to learn more, head over to SilverEdgePartners.com and click on the Energy Bits icon. And because you're a listener of this podcast, you can save 20% off your purchase when you use the coupon code SilverEdge at checkout. Again, that's SilverEdgePartners.com and use the coupon code SilverEdge, that's SilverEdge all run together, at checkout for 20% savings. Okay, enough of that. Let's get on with today's show. My guest today is Nate Wilkins. Nate is a health and wellness educator, renowned speaker, fitness trainer, and author. Nate is also the co-founder of Ageless Workout, where they teach that ageless is a mindset and that we can defy the aging process and live our healthiest, most vital lives as we age gracefully. I started our conversation by asking Nate how he got interested in healthy aging. It's like most young people had a background in sport. I played a lot of basketball, ran track. I always wanted to be like some of the other, you know, athletes, uh, multiple sport athletes. And of course I did fairly well, but not to the degree that, you know, I made in professional. I, you know, actually got a scholarship to play football. Didn't enjoy because I thought I was better than what the coach thought I was. And so I decided that I needed to go on to something else. So I moved to a lot of different things. But, uh, but of course, along the way, I played intramural sports and pick up sports along the way. So I've, I've been involved. But let me tell you what, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't until I had a health scare around heart when I was older that it finally dawned on me that I needed to take better care of myself. So that's how sort of the journey for health, wellness, and, and healing started for me. Okay. So thank you for sharing that. And I think that may be a pretty common story, right? So it sounds like as a kid, you were very active, you were athletic, apparently very athletic, right? You, you had scholarship, like you said, wasn't maybe, wasn't quite your thing, but you were quite active. Now talk to us a little bit. How old were you when you had this health scare and how did you go from being this kind of collegiate athlete, very active young man to a person who's having a heart health scare? Well, you know, that's an interesting sort of question, and thank you for that. So, so what, what happens is that, you know, I graduate from, from college. 
I get a I get a job and I was actually in parks recreation administration, but going to activities or dinners and hanging out with my friends and sort of living the life that I was living, I you know, I laugh about it sometimes. I was gaining more weight, right? But I was still exercising and hanging out with my friends. And of course, we would have beers and what have you after our events. And, and so, so as I continue to gain weight and, you know, sort of look at myself, I laughed about the clothes. I said the clothes are getting smaller, but it was me. And I had ballooned up somewhere at around 200 pounds. And I had sense enough when I had some pain in my chest, I had sense enough to know that I needed to go to the emergency room because I heard so much about that. And so I go to the emergency room to get checked out. I thought it was nothing. They keep me and trying to figure out what was going on. Now, let me tell you what, that there's a history of, of heart issues in my family. But, you know, me being who I am, I thought, well, that's, that's not going to affect me. But it, but it did. And so out of that, they checked me out. I, I went to one cardiologist appointment and I didn't like the way that the nitroglycerin or the blood pressure or the statins made me feel. I just couldn't, I wasn't myself. And so I decided that if I got myself together, then I would start walking. So walking led me to, you know, exercising more. Then later on, it led me into taking classes, which, and then classes led me into teaching, and then teaching led me into managing health, wellness, and fitness, and then later on into the company. So that's how I get to this place. Gotcha. Okay, so it sounds like you and I then have actually fairly similar stories. I wasn't as active as you as a as a kid, certainly not. It, I wasn't very athletic, but in my 40s, I had this health scare. I ended up three, four days in a hospital with what I thought was a heart attack. It turns out it was not, but it was enough of a scare to knock me out of my routine. My routine was, you know, I, I had said this on a, a previous podcast before. Oddly enough, I was very unhealthy, but because in the past I had done these marathons and triathlons and was very active once upon a time, I bizarrely still considered myself to be a, a fit, healthy person. I wasn't. I was overweight. I was doing everything completely wrong. I was drinking. I was just eating indiscriminately. I was eating like I was still running marathons, right? Which is to say a whole bunch of ultra-processed crap. And just all these things compounded and my health just went completely down the toilet. And that's really what turned me around, right? At, at the backside of that, I said, okay, look, I, <laughs> I don't want it to, like you, I didn't want to have a whole bag full of medicines that I have to take for high pressure and for my cholesterol and for all these other things. And I thought there's got to be a way that I can turn this thing around. And I, <laughs> to see if this resonates with you, but my baseline, my health baseline at the time was that's all I knew. I had so gradually slipped from being pretty fit to being not very fit, to being sick, in fact. And I just didn't realize how crappy I felt until I started to clean some things up on the other side. And lo and behold, it was, you know, it was night and day. I all of a sudden I had more energy. I was sleeping better. My libido was better. All these things in my life got better as I started making these simple lifestyle changes. Now, for you on the back half of that, what what kind of changes? You mentioned you started walking every day. What else did you do to to pull yourself out of that? And what sort of results did you see? What kind of effects did that that sort of these you know walking every day have for you? So so yeah, your story resonates with me. But that you know, I alluded to the fact that I was associating with a certain type of people, right? So one of the things that I had to do was make a determination that the people that I was associating with were, were just not going in the direction that, that I needed to go. So I needed to find a new sort of group of people or community. And so people who were already involved with exercise, who were taking better care of themselves, who became more of their own healthcare advocates, who made sure that they got, that they couldn't burn the candle at both ends, that somewhere, somehow in there, something had to give. And so I started to associate with different people. And then through the association, my diet changed, my outlook on life, all types of things started to change. Not, not to mention my waistline started to change. I started seeing less of myself as a result of 
the association, the new thinking, the new, you know, way of eating and sleeping. So you you know all these things go together. So I won't go into the whole litany of things that happen over a period of time, but I can tell you that it was such a gradual thing for me that I didn't even realize what was actually going on. I can tell you that at one point I started to to get the pants trimmed, right? And then and then I got the jackets trimmed, then the shirt started to change. And then eventually I couldn't even wear those clothes anymore because they were too big even after I had them tailored. So it's these kinds of things that sort of brought me to this realization that, you know, that that I was actually in the middle of a transition and taking better care of myself. And here's what I would say to you and anybody else. At once, it's one thing to get involved in health, wellness, and fitness, but it's quite another thing when it gets inside of you. Yeah. That, okay. That is very, very well put. And we're going to put a pin in that because we're definitely coming back to that that notion right there that you finished with. But I wanted to go back because you said something very interesting. You said that the community that you were hanging, that basically your friend circle, the people that you were around were not so much interested in, they're probably like me, they're probably party friends, right? They were probably unhealthy influences on your life. And that can be really tough. And I think that's not, maybe not so obvious for people that are early on in that fitness journey. But if you're just constantly surrounded by people who are in a different space from a health and wellness perspective, it can be really, really tough to change. I had a very similar experience where I had to, you know, I just had to distance myself from some unhealthy relationships from, you know, that were probably holding me back from going where I wanted to go. And I had to, you know, but the good part about that is I, I made some new connections and community mm-hmm. that were where I wanted to be. And it was like you, it was, a, it was a long, slow, painful process at times, but it was certainly, you know, looking back on it, a, a, a very worthwhile journey to be sure. And it is a journey, right? I think you would agree that fitness, health, nutrition, all of this is a journey. We don't really arrive. It's not like there's a place, you know, I'm, I'm fit and healthy. Therefore, I'm, I've arrived. It's more of a, it's a journey. It's, it's a walk every day. Is that fair? Oh, by all means, you know, two steps forward, one step back. I mean, I, I, I right. can remember so many, so many of these, these experiences where I wanted to go back and associate with, with my friends, because, you know, sometimes when, when you, when you look at it, I mean, it, it, it was fun. I mean, the, the food was fun. The, the camaraderie was fun, but I, I had to learn that I had to give up something to get what I was, what I was looking for. And that's this notion of, of having a better quality of life. Yeah, I think what happens so often, I, I love how you mentioned that two steps forward, one step back. And certainly, especially early on in my journey, sometimes it was two steps forward and three steps back, right? So I'm uh, I, that's a net loss <laughs> for those of you that are math challenged like me. But it it is a journey. And I think so often what people expect on a health and wellness journey is kind of this linear progress, but it's not, right? Progress typically look something like this and it's up and it's down. You, you, you're taking those two steps forward, one step back, but two steps forward, one step back is still progress. Little tiny wins compound upon each other and are still wins, right? They're still moving you in that right direction. I think just that realization that, that again, progress isn't always linear. It's the road for fitness and healthy, fitness and health sometimes is quite bumpy, but well worth the ride, right? So Nate, let's let's back up here a little bit. In the intro, we talked about your book, Ageless Workout, A Guide to Total Transformation, Mind, Body, and Spirit. I want to dig into some of the concepts in there. Now, you're a real big turn back the aging clock kind of guy. You talk a lot to the baby boomer audience. So let's start here. For those of us, I think most of the people listening to this probably know what baby boomers are, but what's a baby boomer? What defines us? Yeah, so, uh, you know, you said what defines us. I was looking at you, I was like, he's not a baby boomer. He's, he's uh, you know, he's, he's a millennial. I mean, you're, you're, ah. you're <laughs> Right on, man. Yeah. No, I'm, you know, I'm not you know, that so far right. behind you. What are you, you're, you're 66, is that right? That you know what? Right? I'm 68 years young. 68, and you're 68 years young and looking great. Yes, sir. Yeah, I you know, love so, it. So baby boomers, so it's that group of people who have had a career or, or in the middle of a career, and they're looking at the golden years. They have grandchildren. 
they want to travel, you know, they 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 want to steal and you know actually have a, a quality of life. So it's that it's that segment that that we're talking about that's called baby boomers. But let me just quickly define in there when I talk about active aging, these are the people who actually have decided that, yeah, I've hung out with my friends and they may want to sit on the couch, uh, but for me, I'm going to continue to exercise. I'm going to continue to change the way I eat, the way I sleep, all of these things. So it's that category. And and what I've, what I've started in, in the book, we talked about what's what we call the three and 10. We think there's three and 10 people who are going to do this stuff that we're talking about who are going to go out and go whitewater rafting down a, down a river, who's going to get out and exercise at six o'clock in the morning, three times a week, who go to boxing and, you know, and Pilates and trying new things. So I just want to be clear that, yeah, we're talking about baby boomers and those who have, you know, access to capital, who can pay for their own health, wellness, and fitness. But there's a whole different category of people who say, yeah, I can do that, but I also want to do more because I'm not done yet. I love that. Yeah, I want to do more because I'm not done yet. And I love the way you kind of capture baby boomers because we can put, you know, we can say it's 50 to 70 or whatever the number happens to be. But really, to your point, there's all these things that happen in that stage of life, right? First, the kids are out of the house. A lot of us are reimagining our careers. We're moving from a corporate career, maybe into a passion project, or we're envisioning our retirement and what that might look like. We're having grandkids all of a sudden. We're, we're you know, all these different changes are coming into our life. And the reason I started this podcast a couple of years ago really is to just rail against that common narrative that it's all downhill from here. There's aches and pains and you just, you're, you're going to get bigger. You're going to get slower and bigger, not in a good way, <laughs> bigger as in more obese. You're not going to get more muscular and just kind of this prevailing. I just saw around me a lot of this prevailing opinion of just, that's just the way it is. It's this fatalistic attitude about aging. And, you know, in my small personal physical community, I didn't see a lot of good examples of you, for example, of people that are out there that are just embracing aging and that are as healthy and as vital and as competent as they've ever been. And they've got this zest for life. And by golly, they're healthy, they're fit, they're strong, and they're capable. And they're out there really enjoying this chapter of their life, this this baby boomer time. And I think that that's, I mean, it's just wonderful. We, we need more of those champions because so much of the kind of media that we see that's directed towards baby boomers is kind of, you know, you see the sil silver hair guy in the car and it's a Vi Viagra commercial, or we just kind of see this sort of this, this feebleness and it's, it's just not the, it's just not you, right? It's just not when I look at you, it's just, that's not what I'm seeing a lot in the popular media for this aging. So I really love the work that you do. Now you admit mentioned the, the three and 10, right? And you said, but probably three out of 10 people are really going to embrace this and run with it. Why do you think that is? Why only three and 10? Why, why wouldn't nine out of 10 do this? Well, you know, I think you just alluded to that, that, that somewhere in there, we have bought into the narrative that when you get to this place, that you are supposed to be that way because we've been told that. And when you, when you look at uh, the marketing on, as an example, you see them actually putting people who don't look like you and I in the marketing. You see them actually going about life a different way. And they talk about all the aches and the pains and all of that that's associated with this place that we're at, as opposed to putting together a whole different narrative like you and I are talking about right now, because somehow they think, or whoever they are, this is the what, this is what people want to say. And I, and I would contend that I'm, I'm like you, that that's not really the story that people want to hear. They want to hear a different kind of story. They, they, they want to hear that they still have a, a chance to s spend time with their children or grandchildren. They want to hear that, you know, they don't necessarily need the, the, the medication because sometimes you see some of us with a whole bag of medication and it's, and it's really weighing us down. But if we started, if, if they knew that they could move away from that and have a better quality of life, I think that the story would be told differently. So I think it becomes contingent upon people like you and me through mediums like this 
to tell a whole different story. That that's what that's what I think it is, is that we don't get enough opportunities to tell the story that we need to tell, that it's a whole different story that, that that's out there. Yeah, of course, you know, let, let me tell you this. I have some aches and pains, right? But you know what I would say about that is that lets me know that I'm still alive. I, I, I thank God for those aches and pains. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I, you know, I'm happy that, that I feel that because then I know what I can do to alleviate that. And that's some stretching, that's some flexibility. That's, you know, what, what I'm saying to you is when I get out and do stretching and do the exercise, I feel better when I get done. Yeah. Yeah, one one hundred percent. I'm with you there, and I, and <laughs> obviously, I'm, I'm very passionate about the same thing you're passionate about, right? And that's really telling this story, this counter narrative. And as you were as you were describing that, because it it to me sometimes it's it seems because I've had this journey and I've noticed the difference between being as unhealthy as I've ever been in my life and as healthy as I've ever been in my life, and the stark contrast between those two. I'm, I'm trying to think, how can I tell a story that's compelling to people? Because oftentimes somebody who's, let's face it, somebody, you know, a guy my age who's, you know, 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight on all these different meds and just doesn't like going to the gym, doesn't want to eat healthy. They might look at somebody like us and think, well, I don't want to do what you, you know, if that's the cost of being healthy. And I think, no, no, wait, I, it's not that I'm doing these miserable things. And they might have seen miserable starting, but this weird sort of transformation comes over you as you start this journey where you're, these little wins, these health and wellness wins start stacking on each other and you start spiraling up, right? So I go to the gym and maybe I don't like it, but I feel good afterwards, right? I get this little get this little chemical and hormonal release that makes me feel good about it, right? And then I that causes me maybe to eat a little bit healthier the next day. And these things start to compound upon each other. And I want to make the case that it's not difficult to live a strong, healthy, vital life. I, I think you would agree with that as well. It's just a matter of, to your point, just we don't have enough examples of A, that kind of that kind of aging, and B, that path, right? That journey. So Nate, what I want to do is I want to let's back up just a little bit and let's kind of talk about uh, in your book, you talk a little bit about health as being free of disease. And I've heard other physicians on this show call that NED, N-E-D, no evidence of disease. That means you're healthy if you don't have evidence of a disease. But you talk about optimal health and just being not sick is different from being optimally healthy. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? The difference well, well, there? Here's, where, here's where, where I'm trying to go with that, because we know a lot more about the human body now than we ever have. And we're going to know even more as we continue to, you know, progress with technology. We know that the numbers actually matter, right? We know that data makes a difference. And so we are able now to take a look at our bodies from a different perspective and say, for example, if your A1C is off, you know, a certain amount, that if you've looked at the data, the biomarkers and what have you, you can make adjustments in, in, in terms of your diet or the exercise, and then you can continue to progress along a spectrum that's different than what somebody 10, 20 years ago would, would have known or done. So the, 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 the information that we're getting, the, the, you know, the technology that we can use, where it's, whether it's wearable or anything like that, well, it gives us even more information about ourselves and we become better advocates of our own health. And we don't have to leave that to chance or to somebody else. These are the kinds of things that I'm talking about when I talk about optimal health, and, and I'm talking about, again, the people who will do these kinds of things. Some people say, well, you know, boomers are not Zoomers, and they don't like technology. And, but, but, but more and more, you know for yourself, more and more of us are coming to the knowledge that if we get the type of information that we need, we'll make the adjustments that we need to have the longevity that we want. Because I've never met one person like you and me that said, you know, tomorrow I just want to check out. <laughs> I'm done. Everybody wants one yeah, more day no. to have, have one more opportunity Absolutely. to do something they want to do. So I think it's, it, it's the knowledge right. and the understanding 
and the willingness to, you know, to be your own healthcare advocate that that we're talking about when we're talking about optimal health. I love that. I love that message of being your own healthcare advocate. And let's face it, but you know, for most adults, guys and gals our age, uh, what health means is that annual checkup, right? Which is oftentimes not great or or even bad, but going beyond that and like you you alluded to, just harnessing the technology and whether that's medical technology, like you can get, look, you can at your home, you can do a, you can down do finger pricks, you can do blood tests, you can do urine samples, you can do hair samples to test for minerals and deficiencies and other things. So there's all of these healthcare options available to us besides just our annual physical checkup, if that's, if that's kind of all you're doing. You had mentioned wearables, right? So the whoops and the aura rings and the Fitbits and all of these things are helping us track our sleep and helping us track our, you know, our heart rate and our steps and our heart rate variability. All of these things that we can take together and be our own advocate for optimal health. And I think that that gets missed a lot. And but I think that's changing. I think more and more people are starting to understand that our healthcare is really sick care. Look, we're really, you know. Our medicine is great at acute injuries and diseases, right? If you if you fall down and you you break your arm, the doctor is going to be the best the best person to put you back together. But if you're talking about these kind of lifestyle diseases, is treating your pre-diabetes or your blood pressure or your cholesterol with medicines really getting to the root cause? No, it's it's alleviating a symptom, but changing your lifestyle to optimize your health is, I, I kind of think, what you were alluding to earlier, getting you off these meds, making you feel better, and just kind of having this overall better health health outcome. So that kind of that kind of brings us to the next question I wanted to ask you, and that is why why do you think it's so difficult for people to stick to some sort of a healthy lifestyle? Say that, you know, exercising two, three days a week, maybe eating healthy. Why is it so hard for people to do that over the long run, right? Because lots of people do it from, you know, <laughs> the first month of the year when they make their New Year's resolution, but we all know what happens. You know, gyms are are packed in January and they're right back to normal and 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 February, people are dieting like crazy in January, but not so much in February. Why is that? Yeah, you know, I, I think it, it goes again back to some of what we were talking about is this expectation that we see that, you know, we look at magazines, we look at programs. And when you see medication as an example, don't you see people looking like they're having fun? And then when they read out the, you know, the, the, what, the side effects of those side things, effects, made yeah. the leg, your eye may fall out, right. you know, so people are looking for a quick fix. I'm, I'm so, re- so reminded of a, you know, sort of a post that I saw on Facebook. There's these two lines, right? A line with people who are taking medicine and going to the doctor. This line is long. And over here, lifestyle, you know, not not one person is in the lifestyle life. So I think that we've been miseducated, misinformed about what it it needs to be. And so I want to quickly say that while some people, bodybuilders, models as an example, and again, you know, you can Photoshop images on magazines to look a certain way. And, and, you know, bodybuilders actually look a certain way, but to live a, a different type of lifestyle may be some small habits or changes that we need to make, that it's not so insurmountable like some of us would think, that, that perhaps the first step is putting the shoes by the bed, and, and maybe the second step is putting the shoes on. Then you become mm-hmm. active, right? And then taking a walk maybe around the house and opening up the blinds and getting some sunlight because we all need vitamin D, right? So it's these little bitty changes. And you alluded to that earlier, that it's not this massive thing that we have to do. And many times, many times, that's what we find people doing, right? They go, you know, they get their New Year's resolution or whatever it is that they have and they run to a space or they hire a trainer or, or what have you. And then and then they overdo it almost immediately because they think that those results need to come quickly and, and they lose momentum. Uh, but but if I think if we were to say, here's where I am, realistically, 
taking a deeper dive, looking at where you are, and here's where I want to be. So I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to go to bed a little bit sooner than what, and I'm going to try to get up earlier, you know, and I'm going to do something. And if I fail, I get a thousand chances to start over again, right? Because I didn't get here overnight. And so it's going to take me some time. And you alluded to it as a journey, right? It's not a destination. And many people see this lifestyle that we're talking about as a destination. And so I think that the rethinking, the re-education and sessions like we're doing today may be helpful to one person. If we can get to one today, then we can get to their circle of, of influence and maybe help even more. Does that make sense? That makes beautiful sense. Yeah, no, that was very well spoken. And I love that. And I, I yeah, I, I agree. If, I mean, if we can impact one life here with this, with this, you know, our conversation here, the job well done, right? We, we've, we've made a huge, a huge difference, I think. But I, I love that idea of just these small steps, right? We don't need to change everything in a day. And to your point, a lot of times it may seem insurmountable, you know, for Mrs. Smith, who's 65 years old and is overweight and doesn't have a history of working out if she's, you know, if what she, if what being marketed to her as either A, frail old ladies and medication, or B, she sees the, you know, the cover models, these fitness models on, on magazines that are ripped and toned and probably photoshopped, then, you know, it may seem like it's an insurmountable journey for, to her. But to your point, just starting small and doing something, because really, we, you know, we've been talking over and over about this as a journey. A lot of times I'll tell people when they're when we're talking about some behavior change, I'll say, OK, do you feel like this is something you can do for the rest of your life? And it normally that'll take somebody aback. They say, well, the, the rest of my life, I, I just want to go on a diet. I'm going to lose these 30 pounds. Well, OK, but. Then what? Let's say we put you on a diet and you lose thirty pounds. What are you? You're going to go back to what you were doing before? Would you? How <laughs> would you expect to to maintain this this physique then? Right. So it's these small changes. You, you said it right. If, if, just start with just a walk. Start with drinking more water. And what I found is typically people start to enjoy the results of that. They feel a little bit better. So they do a little more and then they feel a little bit better and they do a little bit more. And pretty soon, what happens is they become this person. Now. That's another place I wanted to go with you because I think I, I think it was your book I just read this in where you talk about one of the keys for transformation is really mindset. And I think the way you put it was something along the lines of you become this healthy person before you're that healthy person. Do I have that right? Is that is that, that I did? I thought so. Okay. I just want to make sure I got that right. I've talked a little bit about mindset and I love that notion of becoming that person before you're really that person. Yeah, but but I think that that's that's true with almost anything that that we do. That there's two manifestations, right? There is the mental, and and there's this physical. And we know that athletes actually do, you know, visioning or seeing themselves at a place long before they get there. And, and so, you know, it becomes, you know, let's 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 say it like this: for those who understand scripture. We, we know for a fact that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. So what, what we're talking about is having the faith to know that we can manifest a different life for ourselves. And so you got to see that in the mind's eye. And the mind sometimes can take control and tell you lies about yourself. You're never going to look, you know, the way you want to look. Your body is already out of shape. And I think that sometimes what we got to do is take control over our mindset. And some of that goes back to what I said to you before. We got to get a, get away from some people and some places that are not good for us, right? And And, and it's not that the people are not good or the places are not good, but they're not good for us at this place that we are right now because we have to become new in terms of our thinking. And so the mind is, is actually where we need to focus first of all. So what we know is that if the mind and the brain, as an, as an example, is what I'm talking about, if that connection to the stomach, the microbiome is on, we're going to be off completely. So there is that connection that has to happen, right? The, the mind, the brain, and the stomach have to coordinate 
and then you can get to a different place. But not until you get this thing, the mind together for hmm. this other thing happen because it'll keep killing, telling you, you like candy, you like cookies, you like cake, go ahead, you know, eat some potato chips. But the mind, if it's, if you are controlling the mind, you, you're, you can say to the mind, shut up. I'm not going to eat those that today. I'm going to do something different. I'm going in a different direction. I hope that's what you, what you're asking me. It, it is. And yeah, it sounds almost like you're saying that when you get that positive mindset, if I can get my mind in that right place, my body will somehow follow. Right. But I'm, I'm leading with the mind. Is that is that a fair way of looking at it? Oh, oh absolutely. And I, I know some people think that that's not the that's not how it works, but it really is how it works that you we have to we have to really take control over our mind. And, and once we do that, you, like you said, the, the body will follow. It, it will change because you have you have determined or manifested that it's going to change through you taking control. And, and I'm not a neuroscientist or anything like that, but any, you know, all the research that I that I'm that I'm looking at or that I follow says that completely, that you have to really, really take control over what you think and how you respond to a stimulus. 100%. And that's been my personal experience. Certainly, I, I think probably the biggest, the biggest impact on my personal health and journey, health and wellness journey has, has been that change in mindset. And, you know, it, it, everybody has, everybody has those negative, you alluded to them, this kind of that negative self-talk, oh, you can't do this as, you know, that you'll never, whatever. Right. But it's just that journey of, I just love that image of becoming this person, right? And I, I decide that I'm going to be this person. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to, I want to be a healthy person. What, what does a healthy person do? What does that, what does that lifestyle entail? What, is, what would a healthy person do? Well, he'd probably get eight hours of sleep. He probably wouldn't drink every day. He probably would make healthy food choices. He'd probably work out. And so, as I'm thinking these things and I'm envisioning myself being this person, I'm slowly actually becoming this person. And it is, it's that it's the mind leading the body. Now the body's got to do some work, right? There's just no getting around that. But again, I, I've, it's been my personal experience that as you progress along that journey, you become less and less the person that maybe doesn't want to eat healthy and doesn't want to exercise to being that person that does, right? I mean, once upon a time, <laughs> I would look at a healthy fit person and I would think, well, there's a vain self-absorbed person. Look at that, look at that guy or gal on the way to the gym, obviously very fit, sipping on their kale smoothie. What what the heck? That that's gotta be a miserable, miserable existence. And now <laughs> I am that person, right? I've I've made this transformation. And it's literally changed who I am at the core. And it's still to this day, it's surprising to me, right? That I've I've come to this place and and I've changed, and it was, I believe, all led by that that desire to change, A, and just that mindset and the body following along, and the body sometimes resisting, but eventually catching up. And then when you start to get that, again, you know, going back to the subtitle of your book, that, that mind-body-spirit connection and all those things firing on all cylinders, it's, it's a pretty good place to be. I, I think you <laughs> agreed with that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and I, I think that what, what what I'm hearing and I want to continue to emphasize or reemphasize is that, you, you know, it's not an overnight process. And so we live in an instant, things happen so fast for us anymore, right? That, that, that really we can go to the computer and we can research and get information so quick right now. And so we think that that's how it ought to be in all the things that we do. But, you know, what, what I would say to you is that this stuff that you and I are talking about changing our minds and our bodies and our spirits, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not it's not going to occur like that. And we, we would be lying to to people if we say that it that it does. And the other thing I would say is that you can't mail this in. That you got to do something. Right. You got to put yeah. something in and get <laughs> something out. And, and here's, the, here's what's right. interesting that I would share with people is that when you think you have done this much, a lot of effort, really, you may get a little bit out of it. But if you keep adding to it and adding to it, eventually you will see the results yourself. 
you, what happens is that other people see it before you do. And then the next thing you know, the whole world looks around and says, you are doing something different. What is it that you're doing? And, and, and then, so, so when you, when that happens for you, that's when you become proud of the work that you put in, but you cannot get out what you don't put in. Yeah, no, that's that's very well said. So that we're talking a lot about mindset and the importance of mindset, but the body has to do some work. You have to do some work. You have to fundamentally change some behaviors if you want to change some behaviors, right? If you want to change some outcome, if you want to go from state A to state B, it does require that work. And that kind of, you know, that leads into discussions about motivation and willpower and the willing to stick to something. And, you know, we go down a whole rabbit hole there, but I wanted to go back because you had mentioned this you know, this instant gratification that we've all become accustomed to. And, I, you know, a lot of times I've, I'll, I'll say, you know, I've said this before on this show that it's my our industry, right? The health, fitness, nutrition, workout industry, especially the marketing machine around that is very guilty often of selling instant gratification because there's, there's money in it, right? Look, for me to say, hey, I can help you, Miss Jones, lose 20 pounds. It's probably going to have to get you metabolically healthy. We're going to have to change some behaviors for the rest of your life. And we're probably looking at a 12-month, 18-month journey as opposed to somebody saying, hey, drink this fat loss smoothie and just shed those pounds while you sleep. Which one of those is a more compelling offer as, as a consumer? Clearly that, yeah, let me try that. Let me try that fat loss smoothie. That sounds great. Or these, you know, a lot of these shortcuts to health and fitness, but really for lifelong change, the kind of things that we're talking about, there aren't any shortcuts. Not that I've found. It just seems to me that there is this, there's this work, right? There's this willingness to change and it doesn't have to be a monumental effort. It's these small steps. Like you said, it's that one step forward, one step back. It's just this steady progression towards this, this, this optimal self. Is that, does that sound fair? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I think that you're hitting on all cylinders. And so, uh, you know, again, I want to be clear that I, I'm talking to, I hope that I'm talking to people like you and me, because people like you and me do stuff like this, right? We listen, <laughs> yeah. we learn, and we try new things, right? So if it's not working the way that we want to work, and and let, let's be clear, that that when we talk about diet, and I think you alluded to it, diet is, is something that you do and you start over as opposed to having an eating plan that you follow and you know that if you get off track, then you don't want to do that for a month. Maybe you do it for a day and then you go back to what's worked, right? So it's these kinds of things that that I think will make a difference for people like you and me if we really are in it to from a destination, you know, if you're in it for a destination, that's one thing. But if you're in a journey, then you know that along the journey, you may have to make some adjustments to get to where you where you want to go. And so that's the stuff that I think we're talking about right now. And it's not so so difficult or far reach if we make little steps. That's what I, I hear you saying, that it's the small steps Absolutely. that some people think that they have to take a big chunk. And when they take a big chunk, they right. can't, you know, like eat the proverbial elephant. Yeah, it's overwhelming, right? And I think that's what discourages yes. so many people on those New Year's resolutions, right? They're they're coming from the couch and eating crappy to changing everything. I'm going to the gym five days a week and I'm eating nothing but salads. That's a recipe for failure. <laughs> if you're not doing any of those things before, then radically changing. But you, to your point, put this, put the shoes beside the bed. Start by drinking some water. I mean, taking these small steps because a lot of people don't realize even tiny, tiny progress is still progress, and it stacks up over time. All right. So, Nate, I just want to shift gears a little bit as we kind of wrap up here. You and your female co-author talk a good bit in your book about the new ageless male and the new ageless female. Let's let's finish up here with a discussion. What is the new ageless person, let's just say? Well, you know, it, it depends on how we see ourselves, right? So for, for my partner, Shiva, and I, we're, again, we're up early in the morning because we think that Something about getting up early gives us a head start, right? If we win, if we win the morning, we win the day. And so we're all, we're out and about at, at least three times a week doing exercise, first of all. So, 
So, you, you know, and, and I'm not going to tell you anything you don't already know, but what they tell you when you get on the airplane is they say, put the mask on yourself first before you put it on somebody else. And so we're, we're, we're constantly putting that mask on ourselves. But at the same time, we are in the process of learning more about ourselves, right? We do a lot of research around our health and wellness. We're constantly looking at to the, the research. Today, we're looking at the Wall Street Journal and what they're talking about in terms of, you know, ways that, that you know, per, the personal, I think it's personal journal that they put in Wall Street Journal or men's health or things around women's health. Did you know that? And so we question what, what we find and then we put what we think is in practice that, that are good for us. And, and we share that with other people who are, who are part of the tribe. And we're constantly looking for ways that we can actually get the most out of our, out of our bodies at this point. So, you know, so we practice when I listen, I, I think what I'm, what I'm, I'm going to say something now, we practice lifting, right? We know that in order, order to hold on to muscle at this age, we have to, we have to lift the weights, right? We have to have the right posture and positioning that we don't have to necessarily lift heavy, but we have to build uh, muscle to protect our bones. So sarcopenia is, is a concern of ours. And so we're constantly, you know, holding on to muscle and we're sharing that same information with other people because the more you teach to somebody else, it gets inside of you. So it's these things that I think that make what we call the ageless man and ageless woman. And we know that there may be some differences in who we are as male and female, but we do look and compare notes and say, you know, here's something you, you could possibly do to get you to a place that, that you want to be and be realistic about it. <clears throat> about the fact that may maybe we may be aging. Maybe the mind says one thing and the body says something else and we bring it together to get the most out of ourselves. That's that's in a nutshell. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That's I love that. I love that idea of self-experimentation. I love that idea again, going back to sort of that journey and just that striving and trying to make ourselves better, keeping up our strength for you had mentioned sarcopenia and osteopenia, both concerns as we start to age. And I, I, obviously I'm a hundred percent with you on all those things because I, I strongly feel like strong, capable, vital aging is better than the opposite, which is that slow decline, right? Which is more of what we see. And our mission, I think, collectively is to, is to change that, to change, to change that tide. And it's, you know, it's, it's a, <laughs> we got a lot of work out in front of us. I'll, I'll say that. So sure. Nate, before we wrap up here, tell me what's next for you. What, what do you got on the horizon? <laughs> you know, uh, I'm, I'm still actually in the process of of developing this, this, the Asia's workout concept. We have another piece of, of what we're doing. It's medical fitness. So we, we like the fact that we can help people who may have stroke or Parkinson's or just who maybe need to rehab or prehab. So we're, we're exploring the possibilities around medical fitness and looking to help build a new sense of community around around that. And, and we visited a, a few places that actually have these ideas and concepts up and running. So that's where we would be spending time. And then, of course, the, the podcast that, that I'm doing with people like yourself and great minds like yourself, sharing thoughts and then writing, you know, like the book that we have, you know, small, manageable pieces of simple information. My grandmother taught me long, long time ago that you put it where the goats can get it, you know, get down to the roots and make it simple for people. So we're looking at doing that. And so, you know, we, we still have just a lot more, lot more to do like you talked about. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't seem like the kind of guy that's going to that's just going to stop and and stay and stand still and stagnate. So I I figured you'd have plenty on your plate. It sounds like you certainly do. So Nate, how can people connect with you? People are are liking your message. How can they learn more? 
So, you know, LinkedIn is, is, is a place that you can find me, Nathaniel Wilkins, Changing Lives. I'm on, on Facebook. You probably know that. I mean, people like us are on Facebook. You know, I do some Instagram ageless workout. I call myself the Godfather of Health, Wellness, and Healing on, on LinkedIn. We have a YouTube channel, the Ageless Workout. And then my email address is the now group fitness at gmail.com. So and the last thing is our website, www.ageusworkout.com. You know, so that's it for me. Hey, listen, let me tell you what. I sure appreciate you taking the time out today, allowing me just a short time to share some thoughts with you. You know, people should continue if they haven't started listening to you or if they are listening, they should continue and tell all their friends about the great stuff that you're doing. Well, I, I really appreciate that. Thank, thank you for saying that. And folks listening, if you want to connect with Nate, I will put all of that contact information in the show notes and you can find that there. Be sure to, to reach out to him, check out his work. That book again is Ageless Workout, A Guide to Total Transformation, Mind, Body, and Spirit. It's available on probably all booksellers, but I, I found it on Amazon. So Nate, as we wrap up today, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show today, sharing your passion, your spirit, and your love, and certainly all your knowledge and wisdom around becoming this new ageless human. I absolutely love the work you're doing and encourage you to keep up the great work and help let's let's spread this message. Yeah. Well we, again, we need more like you. You you keep up the good work. Thanks for your voice. Okay folks, that's our show for this week. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I want to let you know that we have other free resources over at silveredgefree.com. There you'll find free guides with our top tips on nutrition, exercise, and healthy lifestyle. So feel free to head over there and download anything that looks useful to you and your health and wellness journey. I also want to let you know that you can find all the links to the resources we discussed in this episode over at silveredgefitness.com slash episode 136. And you can continue the conversation over there as well. I'd love to hear your thoughts and comments on today's show. I really appreciate you spending your time with me today. And until next time, stay strong.